fifth chapter of First John this morning. Last week we covered the first few verses of it uh, through verse five. Uh, and it was almost seemed like a repetition of things that John had uh, covered in previous chapters. It began, fifth chapter, it begins with whosoever believe that Jesus Christ is born of God. And I, I believe that's the verse that we uh, kind of concentrated most of our, our time on. But uh, again, it was kind of a, a reiteration of, of things that he had addressed previously. And we talked last week about how, uh, you know, anybody can say they believe in Jesus Christ. But it's, uh, it's uh, not, not necessarily the depth. Of, of how much they believe on Jesus and what Jesus they believe in. They, uh, the world has concocted all kinds of Christ and uh, all kinds of saviors and all kinds of messiahs, but there's only one true messiah, and that's the Christ of the scriptures. And that's kind of, like I said, what we concentrated mostly on last week. And we, we uh, cut off at verse 5. Uh, which says, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. And that's, uh, that kind of goes back to verse 1. But uh, those who, uh, who truly believe in Christ and truly believe he is Messiah, that he is the Son of God. Because there's people out there that will claim him to be Messiah, but they don't think that he's the Son of God. Well, folks, that's a false Christ, uh, according to what the Scriptures tells us about Jesus. But it says, who is he that overcometh the world? Uh, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, that means that if you believe this and you believe in this Christ, this Messiah, then you overcome the world, but not in your own strength and certainly not of your own will, not of your own doing. It's because of Jesus Christ that we are overcomers of the world. And that's where we uh, kind of cut off last week. Uh, so we're going to pick back up in verse 6. Of the fifth chapter of 1 John says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. So I told y'all last week I didn't even want to get into this. I think we cut off Sunday school in like 10 minutes of spare last week. Uh, and this, this verse and, and the verses hereafter are the reason why, because I didn't want to delve into that. There's a whole lot of far left field teaching in this verse. There's a lot of uh, false teaching in this verse. But I've seen, I've seen and I've heard and I've read uh, commentaries and study, uh, study notes and study Bibles. And I've heard preaching and I've heard teaching about what this verse means. But we have to keep it in the context of what it is. If you keep scripture in context, it helps you to determine what a particular passage or what a particular verse actually means. Uh, when we start getting outside that context is when we come up with all these other ideas of what it could mean. So he says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. How many of y'all have heard this is talking about, the, this is talking about the, just the physical birth of Jesus Christ, the physical birth by water? And then, uh, but where does that leave us with the, because people, when they talk about uh, uh, the, uh, on this, uh, the 
between the physical and the spiritual, they'll say that uh, when it's talking about water, like when Jesus talked to Nicodemus, and he, and, and he spoke uh, very similar words as this. People will say, well, he's talking about uh, that Jesus was talking about the natural birth of man and the spiritual birth of man. Well, folks, Jesus needed no spiritual birth. So that, that takes that meaning out of the blood portion of this. So, and that's, that's taking it out of context uh, when we look at it like that. It says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. This verse continues. People will leave it at that, and they'll go way up, way up in left field, go way off the, the path that it's on, and come up with all these weird ideas. The verse continues, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. It is talking about here the, the very life of Jesus Christ, but not only the life, it's talking about the death of Jesus Christ. It's talking about the different aspects of the life of Christ in this verse. And we see that in the next verse. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. This is the context where we have to read verse 6 in. So if we uh, back back up to verse 6, and we see that uh, he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood, and is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, yes, he was, he was born in this world naturally by a virgin woman named Mary, and we're, we can all agree on this. Uh, but it says that the spirit, the spirit that beareth witness, and it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. The spirit bears witness of these things. It bears witness that Jesus Christ came into this world. It bears witness of his life. It bears witness that he is the word, the water being a picture of word, uh, of the word of God a lot of times in the Bible. And it also bears witness of the death of Jesus Christ, which would be the blood, the spirit. And remember, Jesus Christ said himself, in fact, in, in the gospel of John, Jesus said that when the comforter comes, he will testify of me. If the comforter testifies anything to you outside of Jesus Christ, it's probably the wrong spirit. It's not the spirit of God because the comforter, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, it testifies of Christ. It testifies of his life. It testifies of his death. It testifies of his resurrection. It testifies of his mediation and his intercession. It testifies of his coming again. It testifies of Christ. Testifies of him as Savior. It tells us these things. So on to verse 7 again. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now, you keep in mind that at the time John had written this, Jesus had ascended years before this. So the three that bear record in heaven are God, God the Father, God the Son, and, and God the Holy Spirit. And people will say, well, God, God the Holy Spirit is here on earth. Folks, God is omnipotent. God is everywhere. God's Spirit can be here and it can be there at the same time. There are three that bear, bear witness to this in heaven. There's three in heaven currently, right now. Uh, that are bearing witness to the life and to the death, to the ministry and to the, the redemption, to, to everything that Jesus Christ came to do. Those three bear witness to Christ. All of them bear witness to Christ. 
uh, we have the Father at the baptism of Jesus Christ, and, and this is where uh, the water will, uh, will come in. This was the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ when he was baptized, when John saw him coming, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And Jesus Christ was baptized, and we all know the Spirit descended from the heavens like a dove, and we all know that God testified of his Son. Then he said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This was the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ and his ministry continued right on up to the point of his death. And then of course we have the, uh, the resurrection and then we have the ascension. But God the Father testified of his son then. He testified of his son on the Mount of Transfiguration when he said this is my beloved son hear ye him. And God testifying this is indeed the Christ. This is the <coughs> promised one to come. So God is a witness of Jesus Christ and whom Jesus Christ is that he is indeed the promised Messiah. He is indeed the son of God. Then we have the witness of the word. Well who's the word? That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, in John chapter, the gospel of John chapter 1. Jesus Christ is the word. Jesus bears witness of himself. Jesus never denied that he was Messiah. He never denied that he was the, uh, the son of God. Jesus uh, bore witness of himself. He told the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, once again, in the Gospel of John, he said, you search the scriptures thinking that in them you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. He said, he said that the Old Testament scriptures, all of them spoke of me. And who did the Old Testament scriptures uh, 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 testify of? They testified of Jesus. They testified of Messiah, the promised seed that was to come. So we have God the Father, we have God the Son, and we have God the Holy Spirit all testifying that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God. And, and I've heard people say in different YouTube videos that I've watched that say, well, the Spirit told me this and the Spirit told me that. The Holy Spirit told me that Jesus Christ isn't the Son of God. Well, that was a mean, evil, wicked, nasty spirit that told me that because the Word of God, which I hold in my hand, testifies that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the Holy Spirit will testify that he is the Son of God. It will not con uh, contradict what the Bible says. Or he, I'm sorry, not it. The Holy Spirit is a he. He will not contradict what the Word of God says. So in, in, in him coming by water and him coming by blood and the Spirit testifying of all of these things. And then in heaven we have three witnesses. Uh, that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God. This is, uh, uh, this is what these verses are, are getting at here. So in verse 8, we have, and there are three that beareth witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. Everything that we just went over here are, are the exact same. The Spirit, the water, the blood, all these things, they testify that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and they testify that he is Messiah. So this, this verse, just go back and think about everything that we covered in verses 6 and verses 7 
And this verse here, it covers the exact same things, and it covers the, the exact same area uh, that we just did. The, the, they testify in heaven, and they testify on earth. And everything that they testify, they agree with one another. God the Father will never disagree with God the Spirit. God the Son will never disagree with God the Father. They all agree because they are all one. They all create one triune Godhead. And this is the God that we worship. This is the God why we assemble. This is the God that saved our souls. And if you're here lost, this is the God that can save your soul. But th these are the things that the Spirit testifies of. And they all testify in agreement with one another. Verse 9, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. This is quite a statement that John makes here. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. What does it take? What would it take to just you know, throw an example out there? In a court of law, someone, someone's being accused of murdering someone, and there's all this circumstantial evidence that's out there. And, and a judge can't decide exactly what he's going to do. The jury can't decide what they're going to do because every bit of the evidence is circumstantial. What would, what would, what's one thing that would crack that? Witnesses. I saw this man kill that other man. And the more witnesses there are to it, the, the, the stronger the case is against the defendant. So here, John is saying, if you receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. And he's referring to the Old Testament laws in Deuteronomy 17 and Deuteronomy 19. God specifically says at the testimony of two or three witnesses uh, shall these things come to pass. In other words, if one person comes forward and says, well, I saw them do this, that's not enough. But at the testimony of two or three witnesses, then it shall come to be. Then whatever law is being stated shall come to pass. And, shall, and, and the, the condemnation, the execution, it, it should go forth from that. And if we receive that from men, how much greater is the testimony of Almighty God, whom the, book, uh, whom the Bible says cannot lie? It's not that he will not lie. He cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. He is true. So if, if we trust the testimony of our fellow man, how much more can we trust the testimony of God who Amen. said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, and this is my beloved son, hear ye him. If God himself says that Christ is his son, how, much more, how many more witnesses do we need? But God still sent the comforter. He still sent the Spirit. He still sent that to us to testify of Christ. Praise God. I, I, I thank God that he knows my frame. And I thank God for his foreknowledge that, you know, even though I'm a born-again believer, even, even though I know I'm on my way to heaven, I know that God saved my soul, I've still got the Spirit of God prodding me, saying, this is Christ, the Son of the Amen. living God. 
This is the Messiah. This is the one that shed his blood for your soul. This is the one that died for you. I've still got that within me because God knows my frame. And God knows how prone we are uh, to turn and look another way. How prone we are to, to turn to the left or right off of the straight path that God has set us on. So he sent that spirit to be our guide. Not just to be a comforter, he is a guide. Uh, the Spirit of God is a guide through our lives. It's a guide to, to take us home one of these days after a while. And I thank God that he give us that. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. What is the witness of God that he has testified of his Son? Everything that we've covered up to this point this morning. Everything, the life of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, and the life that Jesus Christ currently lives right now at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the saints. These are the things that God has testified of. Verse 10, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that, gave, that God gave of his son. But he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Uh, uh, and that's what we just brought up. I have the witness of God in myself. Not only does the Spirit testify these things, uh, me personally, I believe to everyone in the world. Uh, I believe the Spirit cries about Christ. I believe he, he sounds the alarm. He sounds the trumpets uh, about Christ to everyone. But those who are saved, we have that witness in our, in our being, in our soul. We have him uh, dwelling within us. So uh, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the, the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made, made him a liar. Now, just to point out, there's some really bad English translations of the Bible out there that have a comma very much misplaced here in this very verse of Scripture. Says he that believeth not God uh, hath made him a liar. There is no comma in that statement, but some of the English translations say he that believeth not, comma, God hath made him a liar. And that's not what this says. God doesn't make people a liar. People lie because they're sinful. People lie because of their own will. People lie because that's what they want to do. So. If you ever see any of these English translations out there, and there's only a couple of them that have a comma right there, that is a sick twisting of what the Word of God is trying to say. It says, He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. It's saying that he that believeth not God is making God a liar. Now, we just covered a few minutes ago, God cannot lie. God is not a liar. But he that believeth not God, he that believeth not the testimony of the Holy Spirit, which is God, he that believeth not the testimony of Jesus Christ, which, which is God, he that believeth this not makes God a liar. In other words, they're accusing God of lying. And I used an example a little while ago uh, as far as a court of law goes and, and and people or someone on trial for murder, wherever the case is, this, this is the same thing as saying someone's accusing God of perjury. Someone's accusing him uh, of lying. 
uh, which, which is perjury in court. And folks, that's, that's not the case with our God. Our God cannot lie. He cannot sin. No guile was ever found in Christ's mouth. So he that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. This is what he, uh, the person that John is referring to here as, this is what they don't believe, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Not only was he, when John walked with him and talked with him, and, and, and ate with him and everything else, but he is currently the Son of God. That has not changed. Not one iota. Christ still is the Son of God. And this is the testimony that these, uh, that these people that John is referring to do not believe. And like we talked about last week and a couple of weeks before that, because we covered it in chapter 4 as well of 1 John, you know, there's people out there that will that will say Jesus Christ is great and fine and well, but but I, I don't think this and I don't think that, and it's stuff that the Bible plainly states. I don't think he's going to be judged. I don't think he'll judge me, folks. The Bible plainly states he's coming back as judge. It says he doth judge and make war. I mean, it, there's no gray area there. There's no lines to read between. Jesus Christ will come back as judge. Uh, one of these days but and when people don't believe in that facet or that aspect of Jesus Christ they do not believe the Christ of the scriptures they've concocted another Messiah in their mind that will let them live their life the way that they want to let them sin however much they want to let them go on their way without repentance and that is a false Christ and that is idolatry and idolatry was punishable by death in the <coughs> Old Testament and it will be punishable by everlasting death as far as the New Testament goes that, that uh, idolatry unrepentant idolatry uh, will go will be punished forever in a lake of fire from what I read in my scriptures. So uh, the, the, what they don't believe is the record that God gave of, him, of his son. Verse 11, <clears throat> and this is the record, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life, and he that hath not seen, that hath not the the Son of God hath not life. This is the record, back to verse 11. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And we're sticking in the same context that we be, began in here, as far as it being a record, it being a, a testimony, something that we need and we have to believe. Just like the folks out here that 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 they they'll say they believe in God, they believe in Christ, and, and they believe in all these wonderful things. But there's folks out there that don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in eternal life. They don't believe and they don't believe in heaven because they don't want to believe in hell uh, as the, the the anti of heaven. And this is why they'll say, no, God, God will help us through this life. God will, God will be with us. He'll do this and he'll do that. But once we're gone, we're gone. They're, basically that there is no afterlife. Folks, that's contrary to what the scripture says. It's contrary to the very words that Jesus Christ himself preached. It's contrary to what Paul preached, what John has preached, uh, and taught and wrote, and Peter, and, and just about anybody else that you can think of, especially in the New Testament scriptures. There is an afterlife. 
And then uh, there's actually two afterlife. You'll either spend your afterlife uh, praising God and enjoying all his benefits, or you'll spend your life in eternal torment in hell. But there is an afterlife. There is, there is something that we're going to once we're finished uh, here on this earth. So verse 11 again, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. It's, it's a record. It's something that God has put forth. Uh, it's a decree that God has made, and it's a, and the way that has been uh, been made that we can have this eternal life is through His Son Jesus Christ. For uh, Jesus Christ is life. He said Himself that He's the way, the truth, and the life. He said, "I'm the resurrection and the life." Jesus Christ is life Himself. And the only way that we can have his life, though, or have the life that he, that he would impart to us is to come in faith and repentance uh, uh, to him. Uh, and that's the only way that we can receive this eternal life. Otherwise, it's eternal damnation. It's eternal condemnation uh, that we would be subject to. This life, and it says, and this life is in his son. So God has set the record. Saying, saying that uh, in Christ, saying that he will grant eternal life and that this life is in his son. Uh, once again, going back to the context that we're in, that Jesus Christ is the son of God and God has said there is such a thing as eternal life, but the only way we can have eternal life is in his son. Uh, verse 12, again, he, he that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the son, the son of God hath not life. Once again, there, there are no lines to read between in that statement. Uh, he that hath the Son hath life. If we have the Son, if we have the Spirit of Christ, then we're his. But according to Romans 8, uh, if we have not the Spirit of Christ, we're none of his. I mean, th that's, that's cut and dry. That's to the point. There's no reason to go off on some enormous <coughs> theological uh, uh, spill uh, on that. It's very plain in the scriptures. It's very plain in this scripture. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath Christ hath life. So that tells me there's a flip side to that coin. He that hath not the Son doesn't have it. And that's what that verse goes on to say. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. But notice that the scripture here is specifying the Son of God. The Son of God. Over and over in these verses that we're, uh, that we're seeing here. And this verse is no different. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Folks, we cannot deny that Christ is the Son of God. The world cannot, uh, cannot have a Christ, a, sa a true Christ and a true Savior, but deny that he is the Son of God, deny that he is the incarnation of Almighty God. They can't deny these things no more than they can uh, uh, roughly deny that, uh, that uh, Mary was a virgin. If, if Jesus Christ uh, came forth by the means that we're all aware of, the babies come forth, and folks, he couldn't have been God. He couldn't have been. He would have been born in sin. He would have been shapen in iniquity, just like you were, just like I was. No, he was conceived by the Spirit of God. He was conceived by God himself in a virgin's womb. And this was prophecy that was fulfilled. This is prophecy that Isaiah spoke of. We see that in Christmas cards all the time uh, in Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9 about how uh, there, there'll be a, a, a virgin uh, uh, bring a child forth. 
And, and we see this in this prophecy. That prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And people will deny that Jesus is Christ. They'll deny that he's Messiah. They'll deny that he is the Son of God. And this is the, these are the very people that John here is saying that, that they're not saved. In simple terms, they're not saved. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I received life. I received eternal life the moment that I got saved. The moment that I was brought up out of the mire and God set my feet upon solid ground. The moment he brought me up out of the depth of my trespasses and my sin, I received eternal life right then and there. But those that hath not the Son, those that haven't been saved, they don't have life, according to what John is writing here. They're still dead in their trespasses and their sins. Yes, they can walk around. Yes, they can breathe. Yes, their heart's pumping. Sure, we're talking about spiritual life and spiritual death here. There's a, there's a huge difference between physical life and spiritual life. I lived physically for 33 years before I got saved. And that being said, I've been living spiritually now for 14 years uh, since I've been saved. So, but, I, but it's because I have Christ. And that, uh, that's another emphasis that we need to concentrate on. As believers, we need to concentrate on he that hath the Son hath life. It's not because of what we currently do. Now, uh, what we, how our current state, being saved, having salvation, uh, having that in our possession, because, it's a, uh, because God has gifted us that salvation through Jesus Christ, that should produce testimony uh, within us. That should produce a testimony for us to share with all those around us, whether they be saved or whether they be lost. And we read just a few verses ago that, that, that the Spirit is within us. The very one that testifies of Christ is within us if we are indeed born again. Therefore, if that Spirit came and testifies of Christ, we should be testifying of Christ as well, we should be testifying of his goodness, be uh, bearing record of the goodness of Almighty God, bear record of, of uh, you know, what you once were and what you are now. Uh, you know, I, I once was lost and now I'm found. You don't have to go into every deep, nasty, gory detail of your lost life. Uh, quite frankly, I don't want to hear it. The rest of the world probably don't want to hear it. Uh, uh, but... All you have to say is, I, I once was lost and now I'm found. I once was blind and now I see. I once was dead and God, through Christ, raised me to spiritual Amen. life. So he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And let's trudge on just a little bit. These things have I written unto you, unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So these things have I written unto you, unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. This, this confirms to us who John is writing to. Y'all have heard me say since chapter 1 of 1 John that he's writing to believers in Christ. And here in the last chapter of 1 John, this, uh, this just confirms to us that thing. Same thing uh, uh, with the, uh, the letter of James 
that we went over several months back. Same thing with the letter of Jude that we went over a, a couple months ago. Uh, they were writing to believers in Christ, and that's something else. When we read these passages, we have to keep that in context. When, when we're talking about lost people, and when John's talking about lost people in this very letter, when he says uh, that, uh, that uh, they, they have not the Son of God, he's talking about lost people, but not necessarily to lost people. He's talking to the church in this letter. He's talking to fellow believers, those of a like faith, all throughout this letter. So he says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. So just like the church nowadays, just like the church nowadays, 2,000 years prior to now, there's people in the church that doubted their salvation. There were people in the church that were saved, but they doubted it. I've been in those shoes, and you've probably been in those shoes. If you haven't, just wait, and it'll probably come. Mm -hmm. But I've certainly been in those shoes where I've, <coughs> I've wondered, am I truly saved? Am I truly born again? So John says, I'm writing these things to you. What things? Go back to verse 6 and read. Plumb down to where he says that in verse 13. He says, I'm writing these things to you that you can know that you have eternal life, that you can confirm within your heart, within your soul, within your mind, that you have indeed been born again. He wrote unto him what things? That God has bared witness of Jesus Christ. <coughs> Jesus Christ himself has bared witness has bared witness and the spirit bears witness of Jesus Christ and that same spirit dwells within us and and if we have that spirit within us it is testifying of Christ and if, if we have Christ and we believe on the son of God and if we believe on the son of God we have Christ these things has he written to believers in Christ that they may know that they have eternal life so anytime we're doubting that Anytime you doubt your salvation, anytime little demons whisper in your ear, you ain't even saved. You think, you think about not something in the past. Uh, now, listen, there's, there's times to think about your conversion moment. There's times to think about that. You don't have to know the day. You don't know, have to know the hour. I can tell you mine was February 10th, 2009, but exactly what time of the morning it was, I have no idea. It's not that important. But there's times to go back to your conversion. But what are we talking about here? We're talking about the Spirit presently dwelling in me. Presently screaming about Christ to me. Presently testifying of Christ. And testifying of salvation. We're talking about the here and now. John was talking about the here and now in this verse. He says, these things have I written unto you that you believe. Unto you that believe on the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life, that you may currently know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. He says, I'm writing these things to you to encourage you. Think about, uh, yes, sure, go back and think about your conversion. And, and, and I do that, and I think it does good for all of us to do that. But think about what's happened since then, and think about what's happening now in the present. In the present, do I still believe 
on the name of the Son of God? Do I believe in Jesus Christ, that name that's above all names, that name that, that there's no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved? Do I believe on that name? Yes, I do. I have eternal life. When doubt comes creeping in, you remember what you believe, what you currently believe when doubt comes creeping your way, and it will. Maybe it's on a daily basis, maybe weekly, maybe just once every couple of years, but doubt will come creeping in to a Christian's life. It doesn't mean that you're not saved when that happens. It happened in John's day, and it happens in our day. But you go back to what you believe, and you concentrate on what you believe. And you concentrate on what you currently and presently believe. These things are writing to you that you believe on, unto you that believe on the, name, on the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Continue believing on the name of the Son of God. Don't be, don't get caught up in some of this New Age stuff. If there's a, a new doctrine that's presented, you make sure that you compare that with what thus saith the word of God. Folks, there are no new doctrines. Every doctrine you need to know is in this book right here. Everything you need to know is in this book. And so if someone presents something new, it's just like Paul, Paul said, if, if another man preach another gospel, even if an angel preach another gospel, let him be accursed. There's one gospel. There are several different doctrines that we can talk about. There's doctrine of justification by faith. There's doctrine of, of original sin. There's all kinds of doctrines that we can talk about, but they are all covered in this book. So when someone presents another book to you, and I'll just go ahead and say it like the Book of Mormon or something along those lines, folks, you reject that. That's not Bible. It is not Bible. This is where all your doctrine is going to fall. Amen. If anything is presented to you, any kind of doctrine, any kind of thought, any kind of thesis is, is presented to you, and it does not line up with this, you reject it. Amen. You reject it, and you continue believing on the name of the Son of God. <coughs> and I think we'll stop right there.